0: Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is David Opposing the Matrix. It is now the 30th of uh, August, uh, 2020, <clears throat> because it is 12:08 a.m. And I send you greetings from the People's Republic of Oregon, with our Oberfuhrer, Kate Brown being our um, exalted and highly um, highly self-congratulatory uh, leader. Um, <laughs> whatever. Anyway, um, there, there's been a question going around lately. Um, I don't know if you've seen it. If you've done any kind of shopping, you probably have. Um, a lot of stores are posting signs outside saying that they need coins. Uh, some places aren't letting you shop unless you have, uh, credit cards. I don't know if you go to Walmart and you go to the self-checkout, you have to use a credit card. And they're very emphatic on telling you that, too. Trust me, they are. Um, it's like they're like little Gestapo agents. Uh, you go to walk up and uh, start scanning your stuff. Oh, you can't do that unless you're just doing credit cards. Are you just doing credit cards? Well, of course I'm just doing credit cards. You ever try feeding money into one of those things? You get a paper cut, it pulls that out of your hand so fast. Anyway, um, so... Now there's a lot of speculation going around, you know, it's, uh, you know, why is this happening? Well, uh, one of the reasons that is being speculated is that they haven't been able to, they closed down the mints just think like they closed on everything else during COVID-19, a pandemic. Yesterday I said pandemic, Um so they haven't been minting coins. Well, you know, that, that could be a good reason, but, uh, you know, if, uh, being a nurse, I have to be an essential healthcare worker, and I have to be at work. I think minting money is pretty important. I mean, it keeps an economy going; it keeps the nation going when there's money out there, right? So that that explanation doesn't wash with me. Okay. Um, what are some of the other reasons? Oh, I, I like this one. Um, yeah, it's it's the the New World Order. There. They're taking away the coins and stuff like that, well, if they were doing that, they'd be taking away the bills too. You know <clears throat> so um, I mean, it's possible anything's possible, but um, I think that there is another reason why this is happening, and blaming on Trump. okay, you can blame this one on Trump because this is a good one, and blaming this on him is actually giving him credit for something good that may be coming down the road. Um, after November, maybe uh, January first. Um, if you know anything, <laughs> our money isn't worth anything. It's not backed by anything. It's backed by a promise, and that promise cannot be kept. It's uh, the Federal Reserve is not federal; that it's a private bank, uh, something that the founding fathers told us never to do. That uh, Lincoln uh, was—they per- tried to persuade Lincoln to do it, and he wouldn't do it. And he got a bullet in the head because of it. Um, Kennedy wanted to bring us back on a gold standard after we have been on the Fed for, uh, several decades before him and he lost his life shot in the head. Somebody ought to do a study about how being shot in the head and wanted to go back on a gold standard or correlate with one another. Maybe there is a correlation there. Who knows? Right. Um, anyway, so, um, so anyway, uh, we're talking about going back on the gold standard which would be nice because it means it means our money would be worth something i don't know um back during the obama administration back when uh we he was trying to make our country into a muslim caliphate um something weird happened uh the uh, pennies were uh, pennies used to be made it, be made out of um uh, very uh, high amounts of copper uh as as late as into I think the nineteen eighties, then in nineteen the eighties they changed the formula of pennies and they were uh the copper content went down and I think the zinc content went up. And um later on during the Obama administration, um you take one of the pennies that has the uh the shield on the back of it, just a shield, and scrape it with something and you don't have to scrape very hard and the copper is gone. So basically it's copper colored zinc or copper covered zinc or copper, uh, clad zinc or whatever you want to call it. Um, it's worthless. It's, uh, you know, it, in, in the real world, um, if you were to try to put a value on it, you'd probably need, uh, uh, half a ton of it to equal a dollar. Uh, whatever zinc's going for these days. Um, anyway. So it's worthless. Uh, and all the other coins have changed, too. Um Quarters, I mean, for forever. Quarters had Washington on the front and the Eagle on the back. Then they started putting estates out there, which was okay. That was kind of neat to collect all those. Although collecting them was bupkis. It didn't really mean anything because it wasn't worth anything. Even if you got them in um, proof sets, they weren't really worth anything. Um, so... Uh court, And then they came out with that, what is it, Sacajawea uh, dollar. Uh, but first, before that, they had some lady on there that was uh, uh, Susan B. Anthony, who was responsible for the women's rights um, movement back in the early 1900s. And um, those are basically gold-plated uh, pieces of garbage, too. They make them feel heavy. I don't know what kind of metal it is, but uh, it's not gold, folks. <laughs> And if you were to try to take the gold off of all of them, again, you would need hundreds of thousands of them to get an ounce of gold out of it. So um, anyway, um, so what's going on here? What's going on with this money thing? Okay. So we look at the Federal Reserve. Um, Basically, uh, almost every country has a Federal Reserve. Okay. They're national banks that are run by the elites. They're run by people. They're all well, the Illuminati. They're run by the Rockefellers and the um, the Rothschilds and stuff like that. The banking families, who are basically, what they do is they they overprint money, then they lend it out, and then they charge a high interest to take it back, to cash it in. Um, and and they charge a high interest when you take it out too. Um, so except with the covid thing now with the covid thing something happened and uh they realized that there was going to be a problem because of so many businesses shutting down so what they started to do is they started to within these different national banks um you know um just to to name a few um the bank of japan uh denmark and we're talking these are all central banks folks they're not they don't have nothing to do with their treasuries except to, um, except to have like a uh, a friendship like you have with many of your co-workers. You know, you see them during the week and on the weekend, you never see them. Uh, that kind of friendship. And uh you scratch my back, I scratch your back. Friendship, sort of. But um, anyway, so they're the money's worthless it's not backed by anything and it hasn't been for many years um, i'm in the possession of a silver certificate a $1 silver certificate it's a neat looking dollar it really is and it said it says on it you know that i could exchange it for an ounce of gold or an ounce of silver excuse me um, and before that they had uh, gold certificates so um, and that was uh those were um you know, redeemable for an ounce of gold, but, uh, they haven't been around for a long, long time. But, um, and that's when the United States treasury ran our money and printed our money. Um, but then the Federal Reserve took over in the 1930s. I believe it was the 1930s. And we can thank Franklin Delano Roosevelt for that one. Um, you can take them from just about anything bad that's happened in this country, um, yeah, yeah, okay, so he had the WPA and and a few other things that put people to work. Oh, big deal, you know, big stinking deal. It was a small trade-off for turning the country into a socialist uh, banana republic, basically, almost, anyway. Um, I don't know what you could compare it to. It wasn't a banana republic, but, uh I don't know, maybe a carrot republic or something. Carrots are a little better. Um Anyway, so, uh, yeah, so uh, there was an article in Reuters. Uh, global central banks pull out all the stops on coronavirus as coronavirus paralyzes the economies. So they were making it so that the banks would trade back and forth with each other and charge 0% interest. And what are you going to do? You know, like when, when Ford does that or, or Chevy or something like that, 0% interest. If you have good credit, come down and get a car. Well, everybody runs down there. You know, everybody's got good credit anyway. And, uh, so if you got money that you're giving out and, uh, and loaning to other countries without any interest, yeah, they're going to take it. Well, what if you don't have the money all printed? Well, you just print some more money and it further uh, devalues the dollar, you know, uh, further makes the dollar that you have in your pocket less than, less than 10 cents probably, uh, in, in a real market, in a real world, not this, uh, Mandela effect, uh, economy that we've had since Franklin Delano Roosevelt. Um, it's funny, you know, and I, one time I was, my grandfather, he, he was not the typical Italian American. Um, he, first of all, he, he changed from Catholicism to Protestantism when he was a young man. And, uh, that's something that you just didn't do in Italian communities. And, um, so they saw him as being kind of uh, a rebel for doing that. And another thing is that he was a union member, but he was a Republican. And that was a rare thing, too, and it still is today. Um, and I know with my union, you don't tell too many people you're a Republican because uh, I got this lady that I work with. Uh, I'll call her a lady. I'll, I'll do a nicety. She's a woman, but I'll call her a lady. And when I go in on Thursdays, I dread going into work on Thursdays because I know I'm going to get my, um, my, my good little liberal, um, uh, lesson in liberal politics. And, uh, I got to listen to how bad Trump is and, and, uh, why he's ruining the economy and everything else. And it's kind of hard to sit there and take that because, you know, if, if you rebel, uh, somebody else I work with during the days when she leaves, uh, I work with this guy during the day and he uh he's just like her in in male form and uh you know then you start hearing about how trump's done this wrong trump's done that wrong then it's all based on a on um their the economy you know because Trump messed with the taxes and now these people that should be having been paying taxes and have been writing everything off for years uh uh they can't do that anymore so now they have to pay taxes and oh boy it's like it's you know, just a big mess. It really is. God forbid people should do their duty and pay their taxes, right? And uh, and you know we can go into that because taxes are really uh, illegal, but um, but we still pay them. And well, we'll see. That might be something that'll be addressed down the road too by President Trump. But um, anyway, if you ever watch President Trump. Uh, like if he's at a, a big rally or he's at, uh, like the other day during the inauguration, there's always a guy sitting near him. And uh, it's kind of odd because I first thought that this guy was part of the Secret Service. But one day um, Trump introduced <clears throat> introduced this guy. His name is Steve Munchen. Now his name is spelled with M as in Mary and as in Nancy. U-C-H-I-N. So I don't know if it's, if it's the, if you do it like the Greek with pneumonia, it'd be nunchin. But I think they pronounce it munchin. And the end is silent. Um, I don't know. It looks like he's probably in his fifties, mid to late fifties, wears glasses. And and you'll, you'll know when you see him, but um, he's always hanging around the president and he's the, uh, the United States treasury, uh, Director or the Secretary of the Treasury, and um, I'm like, oh, well, why is he always hanging around with Trump? You know, it's he's um, almost they're almost like attached at the hip. So um, anyway, there's there's a rumor going around. <laughs> I just saw that eagle song, uh, uh, "Witchy Woman." Um, there's a rumor going round. Munchin's in town. You know. Anyway. Um, so this rumor says that, um, uh, what Trump, Trump is doing, uh, quietly while every, while they're yelling at him for everything else. And, and this is really genius because this is probably one of the most important things that he's going to do during his eight years in the presidency. And that is to revert over to the gold system. And, uh, the rumor is that, uh, the United States treasury has taken over the federal reserve. And, um, and soon, basically, they're going to do away with the Federal Reserve, and the Treasury will be in charge of our money again. And when that happens, uh, we'll go over to the gold standard. Now, the gold standard is going to be a wonderful thing because it means that when you spend a dollar, it's worth a dollar worth of gold. Okay? Probably go back to uh, the gold certificate or maybe the silver certificate. Who knows? But as long as it's backed by some kind of precious or semi-precious metal, that's all that matters. Um I mean, copper, I mean, for pennies would be great again if they were pure copper um, or, or, you know, 80% copper at least. But um, anyway, so if, if uh, we are, if the treasury is taking over the Federal Reserve, uh, what they probably don't tell you is that uh, Trump is that then the uh, leader of the Federal Reserve. Now, you, there might be some of you that are out there that are, are younger and, and don't know this, but uh, there used to always be people in the news that were the head of the reserve, they'd call them. Uh, I can remember Alan Greenspan was one of them. He was around forever. And uh, every time that there was a financial thing that went on, Alan Greenspan came on the news and announced something. I have not heard for the past four years any Fed chief get on the news and announce anything. Okay. That's weird. That is very weird and very strange uh, because these people like the power that they have. And they like it on television telling you what they're going to do. You know, you'd always hear, well, the fed chief has lowered this. The fed chief has raised this, you know, um, the world revolved around Alan Greenspan for very, very many years. And, uh, well, he's not around anymore. Um, I think he may have passed away actually. And, uh, well, that that was a down elevator right there. But um, anyway, uh, you haven't heard anything about that, which makes me think that this rumor that Trump's taking over the Federal Reserve and melding in with the Treasury is there's something to it. Um, now, if you were going to go from one system to another, there's some things that you're going to have to do, in my opinion. Okay. Uh, the first thing is that everything that is out there, everything that's been bought or financed since 1933, uh, or maybe even before is, has been financed under funny money, money that's not worth anything. Okay. So think about it. You know, if the money, if you spent like, let's just say you're around a house figure, $100,000 for your house. Ten, twenty years ago, okay, um, and the money wasn't worth anything. Then your house really isn't worth anything. Um, although the you know right now the the market's up and they'll tell you that your house is worth two, three, four hundred thousand dollars. Well, yeah, that might be true with the funny money, but um, see what I'm trying to say. Everything you have, everything you've bought, everything you're financing right now is being paid for by funny money. Monopoly money, basically. So it's worthless. I'm not saying your property, or your house, or your car are worthless. It's just that uh, the money is worthless that you paid for it with. Um, the wages that you got um, are, were basically worth nothing all these years. Uh, they were worth something under the illusion that the Federal Reserve was backing the money, but the Federal Reserve. But many people don't realize, um, when the Treasury needs money, they, they go to the Federal Reserve, or that's the way it was until Trump took office anyway. They say, oh, we need more money. Oh, yeah, well, we're going to crank up the printing presses right now. Go ahead and crank them up, Treasury, and print out this many dollars. And we're going to sell those dollars to the, to you, United States government. And uh, <clears throat> so you'll, you'll be in possession of the money, but we want you to know that uh, we're going to charge you interest for that money for every dollar that we print and you're going to pay us that interest or we're going to take the money back. And that's what happens when an economy collapses. Basically um, they take the money back because you haven't paid the, it's like going bankrupt basically <laughs> um, except uh, this is chapter, this is the chapter where you lose everything. Okay. It's not chapter seven. It's, it's 13, I think in, in the private sector. Uh, chapter 13, or I think it's 13. And, uh, if you don't pay, uh, at least a little bit towards what you borrowed, you lose everything. Okay. Um, so with that in mind, uh, the government has them print more money, borrows that money from them, and then has to pay them interest on that money. And you, so they're paying interest in gold on money that's worth nothing. You figure it out. You know, it's like going to, to the to the supermarket and buying a container of milk that has no milk in it, but still paying for a, pay, a gallon of milk, you know? And uh, <laughs> and then if they want it back, they're going to want back the milk and the container, even though there was no milk in the container to begin with. It's probably a good analogy, actually, now that I think about it. Um, anyway, so... If they're going to go back to gold and everything's worth basically nothing, there has to be some kind of guidelines that are set that puts a value on things, and that's going to have to be uh, a value in gold. Okay? So the money that's floating around out there, whether it's in bill form or coin form, has to be recalled. It has to be called back in. And when it gets called back in, it's not going to be available, right? Well, that's what's happening with the coins. I do believe anyway, I don't believe that malarkey about them, um, not being able to print or print money or to, uh, uh, coin coinage. Um, I think that's, that's a big lie. And, uh, anyway, so you're going to go back on a gold standard. Uh, you're going to have to do something. And the only way that you're, you're going to be able to do it is to say, okay, and I've heard this, that this is in the works, and I don't know how true it is, but it would make sense to do this, that there would have to be a national forgiveness of debt. Okay. Um, back in Israel, they did that every 50 years. If you owed money and the loan came up to the 50th year, then you didn't owe anything. Um, if you were a slave on the 50th year, you became free. Uh, if you had property that you might have sold um, and it comes up to the 50th year, that property reverted back to you. Okay. It's called the year of Jubilee every 50 years. So uh, there's, there's rumor going around that there's going to be a national year of Jubilee. And I think it would be fantastic um, because everything you have, you're not going to, it's going to be yours. And, You're not going to have to pay for it. So if you have a mortgage, your house will automatically be yours. Um, If you have car payments, uh, that debt's going to be forgiven. Um, Either that or or things are going to be rearranged uh, to give a a gold value to it, and you'll be issued gold dollars. But anyway, the only really good way to do it is to, to make a year of jubilee and just to cancel all debt. And if you got student loans and everything else, you're going hooray and hallelujah and go President Trump go. Okay. Um, if you're a rioter, you're probably gonna complain about it because it's it means that people are gonna be set free and you don't want that. Um but anyway, so just keep that in mind if that's gonna happen. So uh we're talking about going on a gold standard, we're talking about forgiving debt. Um and we're talking about uh, getting rid of something that never should have existed, which is uh, a Federal Reserve Bank. And uh, we're going to be talking about some elites that are very pissed off about that. And uh, other they're anal about everything anyway. I mean, why not give them one more thing to be pissed off at? But um, I understand that there are other countries that are doing this. And I tried to look it up before the show, and I can't find it anywhere. But... If the U.S. does it, it's going to be a a signal for other nations to do it. Um, I was looking and um, let's see, working backwards on the tabs. So for our dollar to be based on gold, you'd have to have a lot of gold in the treasury, right? Okay. So I found this little article a while back. It's fairly recent. And it's from, uh looks like it's from the Voice of America, the VOA. And it's under their Economy and Business section. It was uh, from May 26, 2020, so it's not that old. Uh, actually, it was from Reuters, and it was broadcast by the VOA. So I want to make sure I get the citation correct because uh, Reuters is uh, fake news and uh, MSM, and I don't want them coming after me. Um, Anyway, uh, it shows a picture of gold bars, and boy, if I could just have what's on that table right there, I'd be a happy man. Um, let's see, what's it say? Gold bars are pictured at a plant of gold refiner and bar manufacturer, Argor Harayas S.A., in Mendericio, southern Switzerland. Switzerland does that. They, uh, you know, you, when you sell gold um, jewelry and stuff like that, they get a certain price, and then they sell it to other people. And it eventually ends up in places like this where they melt it down and uh, and take out all the impurities and make pure gold out of it, 24 carat. Um, anyway, the article says, uh, it's a, from London, Swiss exports of gold to the United States has leapt to 111.7 tons in April. By far the biggest monthly total on record while shipments to other de- destinations dwindled. Custom data showed on Tuesday. The global gold market has been uh, turning on its head by the novel coronavirus with demand in China and India collapsing due to lockdowns while the West investors rushed to buy, rush to buy bullion. I almost said billion bullion as the safest asset to weather the period of financial turmoil. High prices on CME Group's COMEX exchange spurred uh, shipment to New York. Switzerland, a major trader uh, vaulting and refining center for precious metals, exported a total of 131.8 tons of gold in April, up, up 96.2 tons in March, but slightly lower than in April of 2019. The United States typically imports less than a ton of gold a month from Switzerland accounted for 85% of the total. So get that, we usually um, import a ton a month, but in one month we imported um, 111 tons. Okay, something's going on. Uh, Switzerland meanwhile shipped 500 kilograms or 0.5 tons of gold to India, one kilogram to Hong Kong and no gold at all to China in April. Each of these destinations usually receives tens of tons of uh, metal from Switzerland each month. So Washington is cornering the gold market. And uh, I don't know. I just, like every human male, I think, get excited when I see bars of gold. Um, OK, so there's two other things. Uh, that We don't need that. That guy's a crank. Um, Now, it could quite be that, you know, we're going to go, they're doing it for one world. But knowing what Trump's up to, I I just know that we're doing it because we're going back on a gold standard. Okay. And if we go on a gold standard, it's going to probably collapse every uh, central bank around the world. And, (laughs) boy... You're going to see the it's going to be like a hornet's nest with the Rothschilds and all the other international banking families. They're they're not going to be happy campers, folks. Um There's going to be uh they're going to try to start wars. And you talk about Matthew 24. And, and in that day, you'll hear of wars and rumors of wars. And it talks about pestilence in the next sentence, too. We're seeing that <clears throat> anyway. um So uh, let's see. There's an article that was, I'm trying to see where it was, qz.com, whatever that is. It says, um, <laughs> all that glitters. Uh, the quiet campaign to reinstate the gold standard is getting louder. All right. And I'm trying to see when this was, oh, this is July 3rd, 2019. So this is a year ago, but Trump was still in office or, you know, was in office at the time. Now this is kind of a long article, but I'm going to try to read it pretty quick, okay? Because um, I don't want to be on this thing all night. I've been on almost a half hour already, and it's 12:35, and and I got to go to bed sometime, right? Okay. And this is by uh, Natasha Frost and Gwyn uh, Guilford, it looks like, and it says. Uh, Let's see. Well, I think that's all you need to know. I gave the authors and what website had it on there. It said that once fringe fantasy of returning to gold standard is creeping back into the mainstream. It has long been dismissed as a fool's errand on par with abandoning the Federal Reserve and other trappings of the modern economy. Mainstream economists deride it almost without exception, Reintroducing the gold standard would be a disaster for any large advanced com- economy says the University of Chicago's Anil Kashyap who connects enthusiasm for it with macroeconomic illiteracy his colleague Nobel laureate Richard Thaler uh, struggles with its very uh, underlying principle why tie to gold why not 1982 bordeaux Yeah, whatever. Um, Yet the idea that every U.S. dollar should be backed by a small amount of actual gold is more popular than economists' opinions might suggest. Advocates include members of Congress and President Donald Trump. Enthusiasm for return to gold standard has become more prominent since Trump's most recent nominee to fill the vacant Federal Reserve governorship have endorsed the return. The first two, Herman Kane and Stephen Moore, both dropped out of consideration, but the 33rd economist, Judy Shelton, announced today in a Trump tweet, may, may be the most ardent uh, in, her, in her support, that is of the gold standard. Okay. Last year, Shelton called for a Bretton Woods conference akin to the 1944 meeting that established the post-war economic order, perhaps to be held at Mar-a-Lago, uh, where the return to the gold standard could be considered. And here's a quote, we make America great again by making America money America's money great again, uh, end quote. She wrote in the journal um, of the Cato Institute, a libertarian think tank. Since 2011, at least six states have passed laws recognizing gold and silver as currency, another three are uh, presently contemplating bills of their own. The surprise success of Ron Paul, a Texas uh, Republican congressman and ardent gold bug in 2008-2012 elections showed the potency of these ideas among the electorate. It's the 2012 and 2016 campaign platform. The Republican Party called for um, commission to investigate the viability of a return to the gold standard system. The Republican-controlled House of Representatives passed a bill including uh, such a commission in both 2015 and 2017, but both times the proposals died in the Senate. And I think those are in those years the uh, Democrats were in charge. Um, Last year, Alexander Mooney, a Republican representative from West Virginia, took that step a bit further when he introduced a bill proposing a full return to the gold standard. The bill has no co-sponsors and, unsurprisingly, has gone nowhere. Okay. Uh, Let's see, next paragraph. Today, with inflation unusually low and stable, and it's, you know, it's low because of things that are going on. And this was written before COVID, so imagine what it is now. I'll start again. Today, with inflation usually low and stable, unusually low and stable, the gold standard is a tougher sell than it once was. But as trust in American institution wanes, there's a renewed support for money backed by something tangible, not the say so of the government. If inflation picks up once again, a solid base of gold standard uh, um, evangelists is ready to take it mainstream. Uh, that's a supporter of gold. That a supporter of the gold standard may yet wind up on the Fed's board of governors. Is yet more evident that the idea's prospects are shining brighter than they ever than they have in many years. Now, how the gold standard works? Money depends on trust. And the faith that it will hold its value, so that when the <clears throat> when the time comes to spend it, it will be accepted without question in exchange for what the holder expects it to be worth. Inflation eats away at that value. In other words, we were talking about later. And now, a hundred dollars a bill that's backed by gold is worth a hundred dollars worth of gold. Anyway, getting back to it. In modern times, governments are often the culprit behind inflation, since they enjoy a monopoly over printing money, they can issue new currency at virtually no cost. But governments are run by vote-seeking politicians who might print more money, whoa, imagine that, to juice short-term growth needed to win re-election, inadvertently causing uh, inflation to flare up later. This quandary isn't theoretical and has happened with surprising frequency throughout history. To cite a recent prominent example, U.S. President Ru- Richard Nixon bent to this temptation uh, during his 1972 re-election campaign, contributing to the breakout of inflation that ravaged the American economy throughout the 70s and the 80s. There's a, seemingly easily, there's a seemingly easy fix. Take the power of money creation out of the hands of politicians. According to the monetarist theory popularized by economist Milton Freeman in the 1970s, preventing inflation requires fixing the supply of money. The gold standard, by limiting the the dollars the government can print into the weight of gold it holds in its reserves, is one way of doing so. The U.S. adopted the gold standard in 1879 when Congress finally followed Britain, Germany, France, and other advanced nations by holding a, a nation, excuse me, period. By holding national currency stable against gold, the international embrace of the gold standard encouraged foreign investment and facilitated trade, giving the rise to the first era of intense globalization. Here's a very um, cartoonish version of how it worked. The U.S. Treasury agreed to redeem, the set of weight, the, re, redeem a set weight of gold in exchange for a fixed number of dollars and vice versa. During the classical gold standard era, from 1879 to 1914 in the U.S., one troy ounce of gold fetched $21. The gold standard discipline came from the fact that the government had to be sure it held the necessary volume of gold in reserve, in case anyone wanted to exchange dollars for a set amount of shiny metal. If you printed more money than, than it held in gold reserves, the state, Risk the risk hyperinflation or causing a financial crisis by shattering faith in the solidarity of its currency. In theory, the gold standard therefore limits government spending to only what it can raise in taxes or borrow against its gold reserve, and, present, and prevents it from simply printing money to pay its debts. It also takes power over power over the money supply away from the central bankers. Hallelujah and praise the Lord. I put that in there. Indeed, it might render the central bank most unnecessary. (laughs) Yes. Bear in mind that for most of the classical gold, most of the classical gold standard era, the U.S. didn't have a central bank, which was introduced in 1913. See, here we go. You put bankers in charge and all goes to hell. It's So now it's another title. But why gold? Had history worked out differently, the dollar might have been pegged in cowrie shells, peppercorns, or giant stone discs, all which, like gold, have served as as money at one time or another. Uh, But the reasons, both aesthetic and practical, the glimmering metal became the asset of choice. A simple answer to that is that for the last 5,000 years or so, or so far, we are, as we are aware, man has used gold and silver as money, and particularly gold," says Alastair McLeod, the, the head of research of Gold Money, a Toronto-based investment manager for precious metals. It's durable. People respect that it's got value. It's actual. as simple as that. It's something which markets should be free to choose, as they have chosen, and they have chosen gold. Okay. Um, let's see, another title here, markets should be free to choose and they should have chosen gold. Okay. That's just another quote. Same quote. Uh, gold is the, um, gold is integral to the story of the U.S. growth and prosperity. In the 19th century, discoveries of subterranean veins in at least 24 states were rungs of ladder that culminated in America's economic domination of the globe. Uh, Promoted westward and migration and economic expansion, writes James Ledbetter, and uh, this is the title: uh, "One Nation Under Gold: How One Precious Metal Has Dominated the American Imagination of Four Centuries." Okay, it's a national en- emblem of wealth and streets paved with and streets paved with gold served as a myth that helped lure many migrants to the U.S. From the very beginning of our national life, it has seemed impossible for Americans to look at gold dispassionately, Ledbetter explains. "Um, The metal and its seductive hint of boundless wealth tap into a psychological wellspring that reaches beyond any purely physical quantities. Looking to see how far down we got to go with this. I'll try to go a little faster here. Legislation in the past century, uh, which co- codified and restricted how Americans could attain or, or trade gold, seems to have intensified the longing for it. In 1933, Americans were temporarily barred from buying or selling gold within the country. By the 1950s, the law was still in place and the black market for gold flourished. John F. Kennedy was anxious that the dollars should be as good as gold. That's a quote. Uh, Operation Goldfinger, which was launched a few years later, was a top secret government campaign to dig up gold within the U.S. territories as quickly as possible with the hope of propping up post-war economy, expanding at a pace that threatened to outstrip the world's supply of the metal. The gold standard is inextricably tied to mining. The supply of the metal depends on how much is extracted from the earth after all, uh, but since mining only adds a tiny fraction of the overall stock of gold each year, prices don't fluctuate as wildly as they used to. In the height of the mining activity in the mid-1800s, big gold discoveries in California and Australia spurred a pickup in inflation. Then, as economic growth outpaced the rate of the new gold discoveries, a 20-year period of deflation set in. It ended with the new discoveries in South Africa and the Yukon, as well as technological advances in gold processing. That's how things are supposed to work. When a gold shortage causes purchasing power to rise steadily, uh, mining companies are encouraged to find more gold. Sounds simple to me. And indeed, overall prices and real economic activity during the classical gold standard era was remarkably stable. If you look at the US during its classical gold standard period, the average rate of inflation is pretty close to zero. And likewise, in Great Britain, over over its experience with the gold standard, says Lawrence White, and economics professor at George Mason University, and one of the few respected economists who's pro-gold standard. Gold um, standard adherents often extol the strength of currencies, such as the pound and the dollar in the early 20th century. Modern central banking, they say, has knocked the stuffing out of one of these, the once mighty currencies. The fact that the average hourly wages have been Uh, Excuse me. The fact that average hourly wages have been adjusted to match the rise of inflation doesn't seem to factor into the equation. Where mainstream economists see constraint, gold bugs see discipline. A government that cannot spend beyond its means and and a hedge against corruption. Okay. For those who believe that in in small living government, there's an obvious appeal. Believers credit it. With a kind of Midas touch, uh, the, gold standards nece- uh, the gold standard necessar- necessarily begets balanced budgets, <clears throat> low taxes, small government, and healthy economy, to borrow the words of the economist Barry Eichengreen, a prominent historian of currencies at the University of California, Berkeley. Okay, it, it didn't quite deliver the kind of nirvana that people now talk about. Okay, let's see what this is about. The thing is, econ, econ, economic success during the classical gold standard was depends on somewhat on the eye of the beholder David uh, Laidler, a monetary historian at Western University in Ontario, and Friedman's research assistant in 1960 says that the gold standard wasn't a effortlessly successful as the data might suggest. Okay, I'm not going to, this is a quote, I'm not going to tell you that the gold standard didn't function in the 19th century, it did. But it didn't quite deliver the kind of nirvana that people now talk about, he says. For some Americans, it, it affects the downright, its effects are downright devastating. After the U.S. adopted the gold standard in the 1870s, Price levels of agricultural commodities fell continuously for nearly twenty years, crushing American farmers under the weight of their debts and punishing interest with punishing interest rates. Um, the resulting political upheaval culminated in William Jennings Bryan's famous Cross of Gold speech, his tirade against how deflation caused the gold standard uh caused by the gold standards was ravaging rural America. Uh questions of money are always political and often zero sum choices between the economic class uh economic choice between which economic class will prosper and which will suffer. Inflation erodes the value of financial assets, hurting savers by helping borrowers. Deflation benefits those who whose wealth uh, uh, deflation benefits those with wealth and punishes debt debtors. Um, eventually the latter group, the the masses of whose standards of living relies on mortgages and other forms of debt, tend to win out. So why aren't we on the gold standard now? The classical gold standard ended with World War I because to fund wars, governments had to print lots of money see it's all has to do with wars and the big bankers love wars as does the military industrial complex uh, in these conditions maintaining gold convertibility goes out the window after the war ended the u.s and most other advanced economies scrambled to repeg their currencies to gold but for a host of other reasons a host of reasons for example the overvaluation of the pound and several other key currencies and the decline of Britain as an imperial power, the gold standard failed to deliver stability in the earlier era. Many economists argue it amplified the shocks of the Great Depression, particularly in the U.S. and France, which waited longer than their trading partners to abandon convertibility. It was for this reason that John Maynard Keynes Keynes, uh, the great British economist, called the gold standard a barbaric or barbarous relic. Unsurprisingly, the post post-World War II monetary system, which Keynes was the key architect, made the U.S. dollar the basis for world reserves. The dollar itself was still convertible into gold. However, other global, oh, come on, however other global currencies fixed their exchange rates. Not to gold, but to the U.S. dollar. Sorry for that, folks. It's just that sometimes when a new picture pops up, the paragraph just jumps out of the picture here. Okay. With Richard, when Richard Nixon took office late in the 1960s, the United States government was again spending heavily due to the Vietnam War and the social welfare programs launched by his predecessor, Lyndon Johnson. That effectively pushed down the value of the dollar, in 1971, to stave off the run of U.S. gold reserves, Nixon halted convertibility, meaning that other countries could no longer redeem dollars for gold. Under intensifying pressure, in 1973, the president scrapped the gold standard altogether. Yeah, I am. I am not a crook. Yes, yes, you are. <laughs> uh, I had a teacher in high school. I'm taking a break here. Um, The guy adored Nixon. (laughs) He really did. And this is before 1975 when Nixon, you know, left office in disgrace. But, um, he had a picture of Nixon on his, on his wall in the classroom. And I looked at that picture one day and I guess he overheard me say the guy's a crook. My goodness, for a half hour, we had to hear why Nixon wasn't a crook, why I was wrong. Um, he used my name several times and, in uh, not-so-nice ways and uh, called me a few names that were just barely above cursing. Um, So the guy had a real problem or a love affair with Richard Nixon. Um, I don't know. I think he was uh, a rhino, actually, but uh, a Republican in name only. But uh, people do give him credit for getting us out of Vietnam, but I don't know. We got out of Vietnam because it was our time to get out of Vietnam, I think. But anyway, okay, let's get on with this because I'm getting tired. Um, Prices started climbing, exacerbated by Nixon's strong arming of the Fed to keep rates low. As the 70s wore on and inflation surged, Gold found support among the likes of Ronald Reagan, who talked it up on the campaign trail during the 1980 presidential election. By June 1980, prices for consumer goods were rising 14% annually, galvanizing public support for sound money. After trouncing Jimmy Carter, Reagan set up a commission to determine whether to re- revive the gold standard, and he received a bullet for it. Um, I put that in there. Uh, Nixon had promised um, and perhaps believed that the U.S. would eventually t- return to gold standard. Uh, Reagan's uh, victory. Okay, Reagan's victory made that look possible, likely even. But many of the president's appointees to the commission were longtime opponents of the system. Among uh, exceptions was a certain young Texas congressman named Ron Paul. Then came the Volcker shock when Fed Chairman Paul Volcker hiked uh, hiked rates to their highest level in history to curb a runaway inflation which thrust the economy into a deep recession. Crucially, though, inflation dropped sharply and the commission uh, put the official kibosh uh, on the return of a uh, fixed metallic standard. I remember that recession. Uh, my dad didn't work a lot during that recession. Times were hard. Um, when inflation finally tamed, gold's moment was over Fiat currency managed by central bankers that officially won out. Yeah, because they print money that's not backed by anything. Um, now another title gone but not forgotten. This abandonment represents a betrayal of, to a few distinct but often overlapping groups. People who believe in limited government. People who interpret the American Constitution Literally and people who fear the power of central banks, Wall Street, and other financial institutions. Advocates of the gold standard point to the fact that because there is no way to redeem paper dollars for gold or silver, there is no way to finally pay a debt. One common fear is that investors will stop buying U.S. Treasury bonds, ultimately resulting in financial ruin for the country. That's baloney. Um, Let's see. Their concerns can run to the hyperbolic. It's impossible to overstate the calamity that will occur when the Treasury bond collapses, stresses the homepage of the Arizona-based Gold Standard Institute, a peripheral nonprofit dedicated to spreading awareness of the knowledge of gold. On our current course, we will wake up one morning and find that our our bank accounts are wiped out, it warns, even if we have dollar bills in our pockets, food will not last in stores for very long because food product and distribution depends on the banking system. See, this is why they got to do things real slow, like with the coinage and stuff like that. It's got to go real slow, and um, if it's done overnight, it'll just ruin the economy. Some argue returning to gold standards is a legal imperative. There's a basis in uh a basis in the U.S. Constitution for this, at uh, one specific and quite vague, uh, Section 8 uh, and, Ar- and Section 8 and 10 of Article 1, state that Congress has the power to coin money, regulate the value thereof, and of foreign coin, while no state shall make anything but gold and silver coin a tender. To pay its debts. Ooh, we're in violation of the Constitution, so what else to know? Um, it is entirely possible that this was supposed to guarantee convertibility between state currencies rather than ass- assessing anything intrinsic to gold, but these two mentions of the nation's founding documents have served as ammunition for constitutionalists, including groups such as the far-right John Birch Society, established in 1958, The society whose views align closely with Trump's support the de-establishment of the Fed. Oh, yes. And a return to the gold standard on the grounds that the Constitution does not give Congress the right to delegate its money-related powers elsewhere, nor to any currency that's not gold or silver-backed. And the Midas touch. But... If if there are various arguments for the return of the gold standard, there are many more reasons to reject it. Nearly 50 years into using fiat currency at a floating exchange rate, a total overhaul of America's America's entrenched monetary policy framework is much less feasible. In other words, everything's backed on nothing, Uh, even your house and your cars, your education, everything. Uh, For one thing, says Layler of the Western University, the rise of the past four decades of politically independent central banks has made it unnecessary. That's because as, as longtime Fed Chairman Alan Greenspan, there's that guy, told Congress, a central bank properly functioning will endeavor to, in many cases, replicate what gold standard would itself generate. He just said that, Their money is counterfeit. That counterfeit money is just as good as real money. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Plus, constraining a central bank limits how easy it can adjust monetary policy to respond to economic conditions. Between 1879 and 1914, when the U.S. adhered to the gold standard but had no central bank, uh, private clearinghouse associations played the lender of last resort role for many banks Uh, says White and George Mason Economist. Uh, the world's, uh, yeah, the world's financial system is now vastly bigger, more complex, more deeply integrated, and more global than it was during the gold standard's heyday. It's hard to imagine how long, how anything less than a strong central authority could stave off, for example, the scale of market collapse that threatened the world in 2008. Well, that's real easy. You get rid of all the mon- worldly monetary crap, and you do things nation to nation, not make it a world economy. Anyway, getting back to it. Um, the U.S. would derive minimal benefits from readopting the gold standard unless other major economies did, too. Ah, there's the trick. However, even then, the system of fixed exchange rates covered by gold convertibility has some big downsides. While encouraging cross-border investment and trade, it also makes it extremely hard for governments to adjust to the localized economic disruptions. The struggle uh, (parentheses) the struggle of the eurozone currency union offers a present-day example of this drawback. Bracket. Uh, the gold standard could also push financial contagion into viral levels. Uh, with flow of uh, gold and, uh, and the fixed exchange rate forcing the suffering of one nation on everyone in the system. Okay, and we got another title here, Gold Makes a Comeback. Despite a myriad of reasons that the return of gold standard seems impossible, the dream remains alive and in part because of the efforts of Ron Paul Paul was first moved to run for office in 1976 in reaction to Nixon scrapping the gold standard a few years prior. He's quoted saying, I remember the day very clearly um, he told the Texas Monthly in 2001, Nixon closed the gold window, which meant admitting that we could no longer meet our commitments and that we would no longer be, that we would no longer back by the backing of the dollar. After the day, all money would be political money rather than money of real value. It was unsu- it was astounded. I was astounded, he says. Paul's views were shaped in part by economist Frederick Hayek's account of how the Nazis' effective uh, the abandonment of the gold standard allowed the beef of fiscal spending in preparation for the war of conquest. Ike Green wrote in The National Interest in 2011. Paul subsequently uh, spent most of his career as a vocal but lonely gold bug in Congress. He retired in 2013, but his son is in there, so remember that. Uh, These days, Mooney, the West Virginia congressman, has taken up the mantle as one of gold's biggest cheerleaders. Ron Paul's son, Rand, a senator from Kentucky, is also part of this club. For Mooney, American Eagle coins are the key to reviving the gold standard. These collectibles are issued by the U.S. Mint and sold um, to (laughs) numismatists for about $1,600 a piece despite having a face value of just $50, roughly the cost of an ounce of gold in the early 1970s. Some gold bugs see them as a symbol of what American money would be. Uh, The disparity disparity between the face value of these coins and the value of the gold used to make them captures how far the dollar has fallen in their minds. Though they are not uh, U.S. legal tender, state law in Utah allows them to be used as currency, Though though it's an expensive way to get $50 $50 of gas or groceries. Uh, other state laws have mostly moved to lift taxes on them, uh, broadly recognizing them as money rather than collectibles. On the order of baseball cards and beanie babies, this taxation of money is a big beef for Mooney and his allies. I gotta see how far this goes. Oh, not too very far. Okay, just a few paragraphs. If American Eagle coins are a symbol of how degraded a U.S. uh, US currency has become for for gold adherents, a return to the gold standard seems like the best way to protect the dollar's value and to ensure it remains as a bulwark against inflation. It's probably no coincidence that most recent resurgence of gold interest has come at a time of acute public anxiety about the uh, the stability of money. Uh, the global financial system nearly blew up 10 years ago and was saved by an unprecedented monetary activism by the Federal Reserve. Nobody knew what to expect from the Fed's epic asset purchase program. Fears of Weimar-style uh, hyperinflation, I'm um, talking about the Weimar Republic in Germany before World War II, um, I might add, uh, in, in some corners, uh, proved fertile ground for the pro-gold message of Paul and others who see salvation in gold. Paul's surprisingly successful grassroots presidential campaigns uh, were further evidence of his message that his message was gaining traction. Hyperinflation never happened, but nor did the monetary fears recede. Notable government reliance on debt. While on, occasional pres- well, on occasion President Trump has said that deficit don't matter, uh, the commander-in-chief credits the very, very solid country of yesteryear with it being based on the gold standard. In 2016, before his election, Trump suggested it might be a time to stage a return. Bringing back go- the gold standard would be very hard to do. But boy, would it be wonderful. We've had a standard on which we base our money. We'd have a standard on which we can base our money, excuse me. Um, this may be dismissed as a throwaway comment if not for Trump's desire to put the likes of Kane, Warren, now Shelton on the Fed board, giving the gold bug seat at the table. To steer the most powerful country's monetary policy, and that's the end of the article. I can't believe I read that and got through with it. it took me a half hour. So, folks, what do we have? Um, if you listen to the the talk in the background, uh, we've already uh, Trump's already taken over the Treasury, or excuse me, the Federal Reserve, and trying to merge it with the Treasury. Which is something that the article suggested, right? Um, although he'd probably uh, put in put uh, good people in charge of the Fed instead of the, what the bankers put in there. That whole nest of vipers needs to be cleaned out anyway. So if we went back to the gold standard, remember they said that the uh, that the golden eagles were selling for twelve hundred dollars, but only worth fifty. Okay, so that's basically what might happen if we go back to the gold standard um, take your house for example say it's worth 200,000 dollars right now we went back on the gold standard and gold would you know gold would automatically go down the 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 price of it you know it's 1200 to 1500 dollars an ounce is ridiculous it's all spurred on by by the false money that um that the fed's uh print uh and you'll notice when the when the dollar does good, which is the federal reserve note that gold doesn't so um so it's hard to say what would happen if we went to gold your house, your two hundred thousand dollar house would probably be worth a lot less, but it would be backed by gold. you know you could actually sell your house and get uh if it was for, worth fifty thousand you could get partly up fifty thousand dollars worth of gold. And you could take that money with you as gold to your next house and use it as a payment. Or you could use a note that's backed by gold. doesn't matter. But um, the important thing to remember is that uh, right now we're playing with monopoly money. Um, you're working really hard at your job, and you're getting paid with monopoly money with something that's not backed by anything. And if we go to a cashless system, it's going to be even worse because your money is going to be digital money and it's not going to really not going to be worth anything. Um, at least now you got a piece of paper in your pocket and that might be worth a few cents. But digital money is not worth anything except what they designate it to be worth. So but I really do think that the fears that this is to, to bring us into a global economy are wrong. Um, I don't see it happening in any other countries around the world. Maybe the fear is that if they take down the United States, all other countries would have to follow since most of the world runs on the dollar. And that's a possibility, you know. But uh, I really do think that that something's afoot with Trump, that he's got something going. And all the things that he's doing in the background that we don't see – because the Democrats have us so preoccupied with wearing masks and um, with sheltering in place and the stupid pandemic, this virus that, if it does exist, isn't affecting very many people. Um, and um, and all the, the fluff and everything that uh, the, the leftists and the Democrats are doing to take our mind off of what's going on. Um and to get us to vote for them is is really nothing. And you're gonna see in the days to come when Trump gets reelected that um a lot of this is gonna go away. Um we gotta get rid of the people in Congress that are are contributing to causes that uh cause the Federal Reserve to print more money and cause it or your money to become worth even less. So um I'm all for it. I hope we do go to the gold standard. Um, I don't know how they're going to do it or what it would mean. I think the, the Jubilee thing is a good idea. Start fresh. Start new. Start with a new currency that's backed by something. And then um, place a value uh, on the uh, on the dollar based on gold. <clears throat> the price of gold. If you're holding gold now for an investment, Um, yeah, you might want to hold on to it, but it's not going to be worth very much when you, when we go to the gold standard, it can't be because there's not enough gold in the treasury to satisfy it, you know, 20 billion, $20 trillion economy. So everything's got to start new. And you'll notice that Trump is, oh, let's, let's throw money here. Let's throw money there. You know, it's, um, the Treasury gave us all the stimulus checks back in March and April, and and that was nice. But that was like, what, $4 trillion? Well, it's real easy to do because for him to do because if he's running a Federal Reserve, all he's got to do is forgive the debt. You know? Um, in other words, uh, you know, if you go bankrupt in this country, you go bankrupt because you owe people money. But the Federal Reserve, if they're printing the money, they own the money so they can give out as much as they want and just and then just uh uh basically cancel the debt. So um you know, he's talking about uh helping people well, right now you don't have to pay interest on your student loans, um, uh, which is a good thing. And um you know, he's he's uh Manipulating the tax codes a lot, so we're you know taxes keep going down and down and down, which is good too because if we we go to the gold standard, then uh, the money that the taxes that we pay would be grossly more than what they're worth if you know what I mean. So anyway, it's good, good days ahead, interesting days ahead. It'll be fun to watch it happen, as long as it doesn't affect us all in a bad financial way which I don't think he would let happen. So um, anyway, having been on the air for an hour and 10 minutes, I think that I'm going to end this show. Um, We have plans on Monday to, um, if you, if you listen to the last show, I I did solo show the other day and that show had to deal with um, um, vaccinations with this new, um, coronavirus vaccination that was supposedly coming out with and um it had uh, the uh I read the text from the doctor from Italy that talked about not getting tested and not taking the vaccination and why now, we're going to go into it again because uh today um I read that the uh the health minister I think it was the health minister in um in Italy fired her the whole staff, uh, I think it was 60 or 75 people that were running things and over this vaccination, she believes in not, in, uh, not having the vaccination forced on people. So, um, if they do it in Italy, it might, and it's successful, it might go rampant in the rest of Europe. So, and if it goes rampant there, then, uh, since the Democrats like to use the Europeans as an example all the time, maybe it'll go rampant here. And, and what can they say, you know, then they'd be turning against the Europeans. I mean, they've already turned against most of their base and, uh, here in the States. So, uh, I don't see the, them going against the Europeans that they've held such high esteem for because of the socialism in Europe. I don't see them, uh um, that bothering them very much, but, um, Anyway, I will end the show now. Um, see you on Monday night. Uh, uh, hopefully, we'll all be there. I don't know. I talked with Jim, and uh, he he's probably going to be there. I don't know. Um, we'll see what happens. But uh, you know, it's it's gotten kind of quiet, so. Um, and maybe someday we'll explain what's going on. But um, anyway, uh, I just hope and pray that you have a wonderful week that um, or weekend, what's left of it. And uh, until we meet again on Monday, be blessed and uh, get ready to hear about why you should not take the COVID-19 vaccination nor get tested for it. OK. So I'm gonna say goodbye, good night, adios. Um may the Lord be with you in everything you do. Amen and amen. Good night.